spidey senses tingling. Real big show. Those angelic tones are those of Ed Slim, host and executive producer of the Paper Cake Podcast, issue 68. Is it 68? Oh, 69. Is it? 68. 68. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for executive producing this episode. Uh, that you don't Paper Cake Podcast. The number one podcast out of New Jersey right now. Fact. Southern to Fact. Central Jersey. Fact. Uh, we talk about industry news, uh, the books we're reading, we do a little book club too, Flex Mentalo. Uh, nerds love it, Flex Mentalo. So we were all like, let's read it. So what's all and, the hubbub? love it together. Yeah. Or do we? Uh, and we read your letters to close out the show. Letters at paperkeg.com. You know, that's what the show's about. Welcome. New, new listeners, thanks for being here. Uh, you know, a lot of comics podcasts, they don't introduce the hosts. And it's really stupid. So let's go around the room. You know, you heard who I am. Let's hear from... Uh, the man on my right looks like he just got a haircut rocking the Christopher Walken era stylish deal uh, he's an unpublished writer by choice <laughs> unpublished by he's choice. working on something right now with at Fiendsta yes we did uh, release the title image uh, which will be our logo on the uh, on the Twitter follow it and Heritage Comic on the Twitter can I, Big uh, things coming very soon. Is it possible that I could finish introducing you? No. Too excited, Slim. Uh, he's been called the angriest man on the internet. We tried to talk about The Dark Knight Rises and the Ride Over Here, and he was annoyed that I wouldn't give him any opinions. It's getting quite troll. Jonesy loves beer. Quiet troll. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Back to the land of fake ponies. And uh, to the man that has my heart, the heart of millions, Dale underscore. Uh, to my left, podcast bad boy, uh, VP of merch of Paper Keg, yeah. um, newsman, family man, internet celeb. Your Twitter is just flaming hot right now. You're flaming. I am. The, I mean, the, the list is long and distinguished. You know what I mean? Dale underscore A, thanks for being in your own home to record this. Thank you for uh, coming here. Yeah. I uh, got the slippers on. I'm ready to record this thing. You know? Your picture of show prep involved uh, your slippers. I sl- that's what I do to get ready. Do you have a name for your slippers? Just my old, good old slippers. Sweat. Good old slip slips. Uh, what a what a show we're at, we have planned today. Flex Mentalo is our book club. We'll get into that around the 30, 30 minute hour, the halfway point of the show. Right, Dark Knight Rises. We oh. all saw it. We're not going to talk about it just yet. 
might save it a little later. Yeah, mm. Maybe Easter egg. Who knows? Look. It's spoilerific. Oh, yeah. Quite. You know? Uh, we'll get down and funky. We have uh, another host that uh, regrettably couldn't be here tonight. Mark Farrington, a DC historian. We'll hear from him maybe sometime in the future. Yeah, it's uh, not his fault. He did turn 30 today. He's an important guy. Yeah, he hates us. So uh, We had a meetup last week. That's right. Uh, the oft-touted paper keg meetup. We went to Barcade with some friends. It happened. In real life, it happened. In Philadelphia. You know, Geekadelphia tweeted about us recently. Yeah. Oh, man. How Geek- about them, huh? Geekadelphia, I, I just love their website and their mission or their concept. Mm-hmm. They're keeping uh, keeping all things awesome, you know, local, anything they can do to promote Local's local where it's business, at. local events, and the geek. Local's where it's at, except if it's New Jersey, because it's a trash hole. Well, I think I read that. That's actually on their Wikipedia page. Did you read that, or did you just say that from your heart? It's on Jersey's Wikipedia. It says, we are a trash hole. We had the meetup at Barcade. A lot of people came out. It was a lot of fun. Craig and Philly. Uh, Fiendsta and Catcher on the Twitter stopped by. New listeners, you have no idea what I'm saying, but some people from Canada stopped by, and it was a lot of fun. They drove from Canada to come to Philadelphia. They stayed in Jonesy's home. It was true. They stayed with us. And you drank for like, you know, 72 hours straight. We're okay. I mean, they made it home. It was like leaving Las Vegas over there. It was crazy. <laughs> did you have fun, Jonesy? I did. I did ha- I have a great time. It, it uh, adds a certain point of validation for us that there's a group of people that enjoy what we do. So, you know, we, mm-hmm. don't, we don't take any profits. Uh, profits. Or, or profits, yeah, whatever you just said. Except for uh, the joy of doing the show, so it's nice to uh, to see other like-minded individuals that like what we do and, and want to be friends with us. We don't shill ads in the beginning of the show. We don't uh, ask for money. Yeah, you know? I mean, we do it for the love of the medium. Downloads are through the roof, and we, I, we could sell ads right now and make a profit, but we don't do it. We don't do no. it. It's not what we're Let's about. Let's wait till we can get like at least a mil before we sell out. That's <laughs> what. I, that's that's my ceiling number. We're in negotiations to sell the show. We are. To be like Wayne's World. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we're in Dale's basement, only we're not in Dale's basement. Uh, Wayne's World. World. Thanks for being here, uh, Jonesy. I'll see you guys later. San Diego Comic-Con. I was there. Yeah, Slim, you want to talk about it? We didn't talk about it last week. That's right. I met Rob Liefeld in the elevator. He was shaving himself. (laughs) Arms with an (laughs) an electric shaver. Really? Fact. You know that guy Ben from The Lost? He was staying in my hotel. Really? Mm-hmm. Ben, oh, ben he, Linus? Ben Linus was there. Nice. He's wearing a nice little tan suit. Did he talk to you weirdly, Matt, and call you Matt? No, he didn't. I, that was the worst <laughs> Benjamin Linus. <laughs> that was I'm considering terrible. ending the show forever <laughs> right now. Who else did I make? Uh, Steve Niles, your dear friend. Oh, yeah. we're yeah. Uh, yeah creator friends. owned. You watch your back every time you go to your car at night. I have like a little mirror. I I (laughs) mirror on a pole under the car just to make sure. Just to make sure. Uh, Mark Wade, your writer's favorite writer, met him a few times. Really nice guy. Really just adorable. Word on the street is you shook his hand. Can you confirm? Twice. I did shake his hand twice at our booth. Met Andrew W.K. Remember him? (laughs) Did he smell terrible? Did he smell like he looked? He looked dirty, but he smelled okay. Is that the guy who's saying, let's get a party started? Yeah, he wants to party all the time. He's like an emo- he's like a motivational speaker now. Yeah, like 15 years ago we sung that. <laughs> he was in our booth, and I was like, hey, NGWK was here. And 
Nobody knew who he was. I was like, what? How old am I? What's happening right now? How did nobody know? I don't understand. Uh, who else? Oh, you know the guy that wrote uh, Moriarty? Daniel oh, yes. Corey stopped by. Great guy. Oh, yeah. He has the sideburns that Moriarty has. Really? Yeah. Contractually. Oh. I don't think he wants to grow them. I think they make him grow them. I think that. that might actually be in his contract that he wrote for himself. I'd sign a self-contract if I could grow those. If I had the testosteronical ability to grow those sideburns, I would. For some reason, I was going to do like a Sherlock Holmes like background music, and then the theme to Father Dowling Mysteries popped in my head. <laughs> it sounded like my mother, <laughs> Father sure. Dowling. Do, 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 Did you also watch Poirot? <laughs> do, 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 do. No, I never watched Poirot. She loved Poirot. Uh, I was a Columbo fan myself. The last, last thing I'll say is I went to, because uh, I think this stuff's interesting. You know, if I wasn't you know, go into these things. I'd want to hear about it because we used to talk about it before I got the job. Yeah. I went to this Hyatt party. What? That's where all these, like, that's where everybody this was. Guy. This was after the Eisners. I th- no, was it the Eisner night? I don't remember. So They all blend together, all your beautiful nights. It was, it was a great time I had. So I walked from my Hilton Hotel over to this Hyatt, and it was like a club atmosphere. It was like people were just climbing, you know, swinging from chandeliers. Really? Look to my right, John Cassidy. You know how I'd recognize because he's wearing that necklace that he wears in all those pictures he has. That like tight necklace, like yarn, that, whatever yeah, that yeah. is. I was like, hey, you're John Cassidy. Was Len Wein wearing his uh, Wolverine Club shirt? No, he was at the Hilton though one night. When we were, I was sitting down and he walked by and I think it was my boss that was sitting there. And he's like, hey, there's Len Wein. He was just strolling around. Walking, I want to say walking in the corners. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a Len Wein story. I ever tell you that? I From New York might last have. year, didn't you? Yeah, I. Uh, there, Scott Snyder had this huge line, and I was going to walk up and meet him, and then Len Wein had nobody. Like, literally 200 people to meet Scott Snyder. Len Wein was, like, on a cell phone texting. Yeah, he has a cell phone? Yeah. Well, he didn't understand what my iPad was until I let him play with it. He was like, <laughs> what do you have there, son? <laughs> son? Like, it's this newfangled iPad, sir. Was he wearing the Wolverine party He shirt? was. And he had the the glasses with, like, the rubber strap on the back, so like a big, and, uh, like, a Gilligan hat. It was great. <laughs> He, what did I see? I think I saw him at Baltimore Comic Con. Oh, Baltimore Comic Con, I remember Marv Wolfman was like alone at his table, which is a baby want to throw up. That like Marv Wolfman was over there just like being miserable. It would have been like if pe- walking through Walt Simonson had yeah. like was reading a, a book. Maybe they were Father Dowling Mystery. I don't know. And nobody was at his table. If people don't know who Andrew W.K. is, there's no chance in H that uh, <laughs> no. Len Wein's going to fly on their radar. No, it's actually a fact. We got to move on. Okay. Uh, I've. Ran the g- oh Darwin Cook was at this party. Oh my god, Darwin Cook, Ben McCool, yeah, Ben McCool. I was like pointing awesome. them out. I was like, hey, you're so and so. That's like my my go to line where I just tell them who they are. Yeah, what an icebreaker. Although He's I had the, like, I had oh, the comicsology shirt for some of those times, so I was able to just kind of be a weirdo and point at them, and and they're like, oh, I, I guess I can talk to you. Yeah, right. Did you have your like, comics HD blazer on. No, I say that for the after parties. Right, when I, you wore that to the Eisners, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't have a blazer. Goddamn clowns. GD. Who wants to start it off this week? Can I take the reins? Because there's an issue near and dear to my heart I wanted to talk about. What is it? Daredevil 15. Never heard of it. Jesus. Daredevil? Uh, Little known comic from the 60s. Yeah, I guess it Lost the sight. Isotopes. Probably getting canceled. (laughs) What's what's happening? What's happening? Why would you troll me right now? (laughs) What's happening right now? Uh... You know, Daredevil's still kidnapped in Latveria. The end of the last issue, he was uh, taken into custody by the uh, financial chamberlain. That's really a uh, 
terrorist for Doctor Doom. Sure. Uh, they keep him drugged to do some uh, some experiments on him. Doctor Doom wants to know how he can recreate the conditions that made him into Daredevil's power, so he can use it on his self and his army to have the radar sense and the, enha- and the enhanced senses. Um, but because they keep Matt Murdock drug for so long, his mutation triggers again. And, like, even though he's comatose, his body starts to act out of, like, instinct and hypersensitivity. And for the first time in years, wait for this, ready? He can see again. What? The isotope mutates again and gives him kind of like a dummy sight. Not, like, perfect vision, but enough where he can navigate himself out of danger. I would throw this book away and burn it if it was anyone else than Mark Wade who would attempt to Did do this. Did they show you like what he could see with his new eyes? Yeah. What did it look like? It's it's all it's like the radar sense and and it's all like grayscale. It's like walleye vision? Yeah. On hot shots. It's like two D <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like two D seeing in two D instead of three D. Where you can kinda make out that there's that the things aren't one flat image. But you know, they always portray his radar sense as like red grig lines everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this was just kinda like seeing in the dark for the first time. You know, like when your own low light vision kicks in, if you, you had the lights off for a while, that's what it was portrayed like the panel. It was really cool. Bill Nye Science Guy over here. And the, fa- <laughs> and the fact that it's Mark Wade twisting this, I really enjoy. I don't know how he's going to get it back to the status quo because I, I assume at some point he's got, you know, his heightened senses are his only power. I imagine he's going to have to go back to that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting how long he carries it on and how he ties it up. Is this Chris Somney on art? Yes, it is still Chris Somney. Great, art. beautiful art. Chris Somney, beautiful. And I I wish I I wish I would have wrote down the colors, but who's ever giving this book? Daredevil, like I was so used to believe on Daredevil and getting is very dark and very noir, and this is almost pastelish, and kind of gives it a sense of brightness even in the tough story moments. It's it's a really, really makes the. The book pop. It's really good. What's uh, Maliv up to these days? Uh, I think just hitting on teenage girls at Comic Con last time I saw him. <laughs> well, you, so you saw him at a, Is this alleged? This is alleged. I'm not sure it was him. He was at the Maliv table. It could have been his agent. Hmm. Could have just been some guy that thought it was a wise move to just go behind the, behind the table. Yeah. I probably pick was. up hot bras. Maliv, I'm sorry. We'll get a beer later. We'll talk he about it. He will probably never talk to you ever again now. You just ruined all well, chances. We never talked to him in the first place, so it won't be really be ever Let's again. move on to me. Moving on up. Batman. To the slim side. 497. Does that ring a bell? What? Yeah. Is that? That is a while ago. That is. Can yeah. you take a guess? What's is the era? The beginning of the RIP? No. No. That's like that's f- like 200 issues later. Yeah. <laughs> You're awful. Your face is awful. <laughs> is it no man's land? Close. Nightfall. Oh. Just kidding. You Not even close. You weren't even close. This is the infamous cover where Bane breaks the bat. Oh, I, boy. Are you an Azrael fan? I can't remember. Uh, not really. It depends. The Azrael where he becomes Batman or the Azrael where he's Azrael? Azrael as Batman. As Shadow of the Bat. I think uh, I, what, what year was that? Did anybody remember? I don't even remember. I know. So, I, know was, I remember I had that the comic where he was first wearing that suit and the cover where he's like, cowering over somebody in Quesada I think did it mm. um, but this was the one where uh, Batman was weakened and 
Bane like goes to the Bat Cave and Bruce is wearing like a night robe and a beard and he just looks like a total wimp because he's exhausted and mentally drained and Batman like pulls over his cow and says like, Alright, let's do it <laughs> Batman Bane just like whips him around like a rag doll for twenty pages and picks him up and breaks his back. Oh my word. Uh I love the era where Jim Aparo did art that was around this the, he did this issue. Um but it was great to see uh the original stuff. I don't I haven't read the the issue in years. I think that Seth Briggs love character was tweeting about it. It I is you're right. I remember it blew my mind when this came out that it was so popular that somebody did a novelization of a comic book. Mm. You remember that? I remember reading some of those novelizations. Yeah. I remember a, a, a Batman novel that I still haven't been able to track down, but it was like, I read it when I was 10 years old, and it was like something I should have never read. It was like an adult novelization of a Joker story where he like murdered children in the, in it. And oh I, my I was like, this is way too dark for me. Um, but it was the, this, oh, I read it again because I, wanted to remember how it was before I saw the movie. And uh, I remember the ending being really weird. Like, he had this, like, magical back surgery that healed him, and he was able to come back. And it, like It was some kind of Easter medicine, like, something or other. healing. It yeah. wasn't exactly a surgery. Uh, but I, it was great. I, it, it holds up pretty well, doesn't it? That story where he comes back to reclaim the city... And he outthinks Gene Paul's technology, and he's just basically end? Batman. Yeah. Is it all Nightfall? I can't remember. How it, it goes. I think it's I think it's all part of Nightfall. But when he comes back to reclaim the cow, I mean, that's one of the better issues I've probably read in my life. That design of that new Batman was so nineties too. Yeah, like that. I actually kind of liked it though when I was younger. I thought it was cool. I like I I always dug like the shoulder scallops that he had. I always thought that was neat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Dale underscore A. Did you just find the year of that issue? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I was looking 94. <clears throat> 94? Wow. No, 93. Really? I was 10. I was 11. See? There you have it. Age. There you have it, folks. What are you reading right now? <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and say The Massive, number two. You son of a gun. Well, I'm a- you just went off my list. Now I'm screwed for one segment next I show. Can- it's over. <laughs> just forget it. Just kidding. I don't know how to react anymore. Brian Wood, your boy. My, I'm numb. Yeah, Brian Wood, Christian Donaldson, I believe the cat's name is. That's amazing. The if you guys aren't haven't checked out the Massive yet, I fully recommend you do so. The Massive is <clears throat> kind of a definitely a post. It's a futuristic story in where the Earth has basically went through a series of huge natural disasters. Whether that was, uh, you know, look into it however you want, whether man set it off or whatever, but uh, the world is basically effed. I mean, cities are underwater, there's drought in parts of the world, <clears throat> and uh, Cal Callum Israel is the leader of a activist group before the world went into this spiral, and uh, they were a direct action sort of... Uh, force that would, you know, oppose whaling and that like sort of whale thing. Whale wars. Yeah, that's exactly what comes to mind, whale, whale wars. But uh, post this future where all kinds of crazy crap is going on, they decided to stay on water on their two ships. Uh, one, the one ship is called the Massive, and the other one is called the something with a K, 
concept, the crater. The Cassif. Cap- that wasn't the capital, was it? The capital, yeah, with a K. Um, basically, the story uh, that picks up on number one to number two focuses on the capital because their sister ship, the Massive, has gone missing. It uh, shows up on radar every once in a while, um, and they're in a constant search for it, all the while trying to avoid pirates of the, you know, pirates and uh, and no gooders, <laughs> no do gooders, um, no good nicks, and uh, it's it's pretty harrowing how he, Brian Wood can write it to where he flashes back between the past and the present in such a great way. It it kind of makes. It makes me uneasy because I'm like, what if this starts happening to the world? We're screwed. We're screwed. I mean, there's like electromagnetic things that make satellites fall out of the sky and huge earthquakes and tsunamis. Brian Wood's going to be president. He is. He's going to know how to handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the president deals with the capital. You know, they they have like one rifle on the whole ship. They don't take, they're not a weapons. They're just a bunch of volunteers who decided to stay on the ship and do what they can. And um, they're, like, hiding in the fog from these pirates. And Cal's, like, semi-girlfriend, second in charge, has left on one of these rubber pontoon boats to kind of draw off their fire. And it's just a really great developing story so far in two issues. I like the the end of issue one where they showed that the tsunami and the underground earthquake created, like, such a noise that it ruptured the eardrums of the whales and, like, killed them. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was some pretty freaky stuff. I also like that oh. Hong Kong is essentially like 100 feet submerged. Right. So the, some of the port is just like the beginning of the city. Yeah, they they built this new like shanty port, kind of like kind of like a water world kind of thing where it's just all this brand new. This book seems like a much w- better done version of that film, mm-hmm. just in your description. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, not, it's definitely more, I mean, there's more land in this than water world, but I mean, but... This Christian Donaldson's art is just amazing. It's so detailed. It's so great. I don't know why I had never heard of this guy before. I'm a dummy. Yeah, neither. I've never heard of it either. I think he did uh, something else with Brian Wood, didn't he? It wasn't he, Channel Zero, was it? Maybe he did something. How about that double page spread where they go into Hong Kong? And it's like, and the Hong Kong scenes have that sepia tone to them where it's like almost, you know, it's like dawn. And just the art is fantastic. All his like pages feel like pinups, mm-hmm. and and the hum- like the people he draws amazing. Mm-hmm. The the buildings and the boat, the capital, they they just look absolutely spectacular. Oh, that's what they remind me of. They remind me of those um, character cards when you play GTA. In between cutscenes, and they show like the characters in the thick oh, yeah. black lines. Okay. That's what it reminds me of. Okay, yeah, great book. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave Stewart, of course. I mean, he he's just, he, he's amazing. He's a gem. No matter what he does. And uh, they just read this book. Um, I got news for you. Sign for the lightning round? Fresh on the wire. No. I'm going to okay. shock you right now. Do it. It's time for the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> Jonesy loves beer. This is a segment where we talk about a book we read. Two sentences or less. Give it to us. Took this back to the archives. Detective oh. Comics, 784, 785, 786, collects the Made of Wood storyline by Ed Brubaker. I cannot recommend these issues enough. If you want a great, well-written, not-for-the-trade detective story, 
starring Batman and the surprisingly interesting Alan Scott. Search no further. I don't believe you. There you go. Read it, babe. Go on. <laughs> babe. <laughs> Captain Marvel number one. Ooh, took mine. Yeah. Took the show. How's it feel? Uh, $2.99 a month. I will gladly support this title at that price. Gladly. <laughs> the Shade, number 10. Easily my favorite New 52 title. But please don't end this miniseries with Fraser Ir- Fraser Irving on art. You getting a heart rebuttal so hard right now, your head will spin Good. in your face. Good. Right in my face. Flex Mentalo. Grant Morrison. Frank Quitely. Uh, Vertigo. Imprint from the DC. Are you on a book club? We, we are. I have a lot to say to a lot to say about Vertigo when we get to it. Okay. Like what happened? This book came from Vertigo. You know, they were like the Image. They had Image Comics like under their own company. And they blew it. That's true. Well, do you think? No. Okay. I, I guess we can't. Talk I don't know here. what the contracts are like, but uh, Flex Mentalo, four issues, back in the day from Grant Morrison. Frank White Whiteley. Uh Gen Z, what's what's this book about? Good luck. Good luck telling us. Imagine having a LSD fever dream, but instead of you wanting to write your own LSD fever dream, you let Grant Morrison do it for you. And you have Flex Mentello. It's a quasi love letter to Golden Age comics. Quasi love letter to illegal illicit drug use. <laughs> And it all kind of weaves it together in this hipster-ish tale before there were such a thing as hipsters. And it also kind of tells us a pulp comic book story. I don't know if I can give it a much more linear synopsis than that because the book itself is in no way linear. And it literally took two readings for me to really get what I was reading. I'm not even sure that I still get it. But did you like it? I loved the Quietly art. I loved his crazy superhero concepts that I'm sure Grant Morrison probably just read on the page, you know, show off. And Quietly was like, oh, okay, I'm going to come up with a winged demon hero and a guy with a big eye on his mask and stuff like that. I thought that was really well done. But this is almost too cerebral for me and almost too Grant Morrison-y for me to really enjoy it as a comic book. I enjoy it as like a reference to the medium, and I'm glad that if someone asked me at a party, "Hey, you ever read a uh, Flex Mantello?" as they you know button up their flannel <laughs> shirt and put their big black glasses on, are you sure it's not a monocle the way that guy was talking? <laughs> but I uh, I will absolutely be like, yes, I have read Flex Mantello. Please, hipster, explain to me what I've read. <laughs> it's pretty much everybody at Barcade yeah. that night. I, I I I liked it, but didn't know why I liked it. I, I, I uh, did not like this book at all. I don't know what people are thinking liking this book. I just don't get it. I thought Listen, someone um, was trolling me when I was reading this book. Mrs. Ketcher, we're sorry if you just found your son dead <laughs> of a heart attack in his room. <laughs> right. Because Slim said that. I don't know. I didn't, maybe you know, I'll be the first to say if it's not garbage just because I didn't like it. 
maybe you know maybe it is garbage who knows because i didn't get it i don't know what's going on is there even a story happening and don't give me this baloney about grant morrison is so you don't get it you know know, he's so cerebral as jonesy said just went over my head maybe it's just not good i i mean look i don't know nothing about nothing but Grant Morrison, you see that air purifier over there with the spinning fan? Yeah. Grant Morrison just took my head and they shoved it right in that <laughs> fan. Because there's absolute. This is Grant. This is what I fear. This is Grant Morrison without the anchor of a Batman I can latch on to. Or an editor. Yeah. <laughs> exa- I had the feeling that nobody was in place to stop him from himself. Because, I mean, I love the Batman stuff, but it's Batman. Like, even like the Batman, the return of Bruce Wayne crap that. Like, there was always a grounded figure that maybe two-thirds of a book I didn't really understand the loopy, loopy stuff. It all comes back to at least Bruce Wayne. Flex Mentalo, this book, it's got nothing. I I got nothing. I mean, it is just... Like, what was his purpose? I don't understand. Like, the, the, the first issue ends with the cliffhanger about the fact card. You know right. the, the mystery partner that has nothing to do with anything, really. So what I what I, I let me tell you what I gathered from this book, gentlemen, and maybe you can build or we can collaborate a little more. Flex Mentalo <clears throat> was apparently a figment of a little boy's imagination that came to life because this little boy had some sort of power. So when he sees the fact card, he's like, for some reason, Flex Mentalo knows everything about his fake storybook life that came along with the kid's thoughts before he came to real life. So the fact is another person from this little kid's dreams that he didn't know was ever real. That's all I got. I don't know. Now this rock star who's trying to commit suicide, was he the little kid? That's what I thought. I think that was pretty safe to say. That I think I've latched on to why hipsters love this book so much. <laughs> Because he was trying to start a fight with people. Drink. I'm not, we can I'm start not. a drinking game. I'm seriously not trying to start a fight. But I came to the conclusion that what people think is so mind-blowing is the conclusion of the book is this. There's a bunch of parallel universes, right? And all the superheroes of this one universe discover that the only way they can save themselves is if they implant themselves into the imagination of a young boy. Yeah, I remember that. That's and then, cool. So like, I think that's where everybody's like, Wow, it's like the Matrix before the Matrix, bro, kind of scenario. So, like, that's cool, but okay. Like, it doesn't really blow my socks off. I don't, I just was so annoyed. I like, no, I'm not being uh, a jerk just to to troll people here because I do that. You know, I troll Mm -hmm. people pretty hard. Yeah. Just did not understand what was so, what's so, like, why people put this book up to such a high level i don't understand maybe maybe if i read this when it first came out you know i would have been you would have been 14 you would have never known what maybe 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 good luck trying to follow it maybe me reading it when i was 14 is the appeal that some people have of it you know they read this when they were 14 and they're like this is blowing my mind right now like oh there's this guy dressed up like a woman and is talking to his friend about going on down on fat dudes and the cursing the the, my god the cursing in this book vertigo dc vertigo imprint well, the, um, the well, they were no. Is that this, nobody was doing this when this book came out. Nobody. There was no image, or was yeah. there an image? I don't even know. So I guess people yeah. were like, I can read a book that's an adult comic that I can get at a shop, and I'm on the wave of something new. Maybe it's sentimental for most people. What's the story with Shazam? Is this like 
it's it's a it doesn't take place in DC proper, but there's a Shazam store like character. I don't understand that either. Like, why would you talk about Shazam when the company you're writing this book for already has Captain Marvel? Like, I get it's public domain or whatever, but I yeah. didn't I didn't get that. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's like it's like that strung out dude shoved that glowing green jug into my arm. All right. <laughs> And the scenes, I with, I get so annoyed when I read, especially Grant Morrison, but books like this. Like, if I have to like read the same page like three times in a row, exactly. I just I I just completely lose. Like, I go so limp that it's like the massive happening in my shorts, like <laughs> cataclysmic penal events. There's just no reason, Grant Morrison. <laughs> I can't wait to go to Morrison Con. I'm gonna slap you yeah, in your face. When you know, I... it costs you like thirty six hundred dollars to go to Morrison Con <laughs> right. per ticket. Good <laughs> luck, like Glasgow. Buddy. The only people going to that are Flex Mentale and nuts. <laughs> I guess the. To, I'll sum it up. And catcher, ready? I'll, I'll, <laughs> catcher's <laughs> driving there. I'll sum it all up. What a waste of quietly art. <laughs> you you know had, what? You do have a good point. The quietly art was pretty fantastic. He had a few of those. It's um, like Jim Lee on. Uh, All Star Batman and Robin, what a waste! He had some of those cool panels with where he tra- he experiments a bit. Like we three had that, where the panels were broken into like shards of glass and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. can see some of that in the work. Um, what a chore to read. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's just not for me. I I do like how Flex, Ment- Flex Mentalo, whether that was a, even a real world or not. See, now I don't. I can't even say my comment because I don't know if it's right. I like how he just walked through with like those cougar shorts and a trench coat and it was like oh, it was normal mm-hmm. <laughs> like I that because that was a superhero <laughs> get up I got a funny story for you in every scene with Flex he basically has his butt sticking out <laughs> right. so this morning uh, I was reading the detective issues and uh, my wife came over and said that's not what you're supposed to be reading tonight I said, girl, what you know about this? Jump about comics. And she said, and she jumped on the Twitter account and saw the uh, preview. She's like, you should be reading the one where that guy's butt is out. Right. Good so luck. So that's all the common citizen is going to take away from this book is that guy's butt is big with Jaguar print. Um, yeah. And he was, the, like, the I did go on the wiki because I was, like, three pages to in. try to make sense of it. Three pages in, I was like, I need to have a live wiki reading right now. Good man. And uh, they did make a point to mention that the... Flex Mentallo, Flex Mentallo character is a parody of the Charles Atlas, like, muscle man characters. So I don't know if, like, we're going to get an at reply saying, like, well, you don't get it. He's a parody of the, the Charles <laughs> Atlas. <laughs> you read the, to get it all. But that's, that's Grant Morrison. He's like, if you were a fan of comics in 1948, this will blow your mind. Mm-hmm. But it won't. It wouldn't. And because the, the drug addict scenes annoyed me where, like, you you experiment with like the the, the speech bubbles like you know repeating themselves oh, yeah. and all that stuff oh, like man. get out of here you're dredging up old wounds now I forgot all about yeah, that yeah that I could, it gave me a headache reading that stuff and maybe it's been done before so we're like it's not fresh for us like I said if we were 14 and we read it maybe this would have been like blowing our massives off I would have wiped my a with it when I was out in the <laughs> middle of the woods with my friends and I had to poop I would have flex mentalued. This is uh, this is my pick. So I yeah. I mean, honestly, I wanted to read it too because I know the it came out in '96 and the hardcover collection, a hard 
the hardcover collection collected material just came out like mm-hmm. a few months ago. So I, I based my knowledge on I didn't know anything about the book, but it was a nice hardcover, and I'm attracted to hardcovers. So you are attracted to them. Uh, but uh, I saw why I was at the comic book shop this weekend, and I saw this hardcover section they have there. Gorgeous. Who Gorgeous. wouldn't? Who wouldn't want one? Flex Mentalo really, really left a mark on this episode that won't soon be forgotten. Damn. Peace, stain. Over under, what do you think Mark would have hated it too, right? I mean, Mark would have wanted to kill us, I think. Yeah. It had superheroes, but... He would have just started talking about a Markive book, I think, instead. <laughs> he would have just he said... He would have said, to your point... He would have just brought up Heaven's Ladder. Hold on, let me see if I get this. <laughs> I understand why people would like this book. That being said... Which actually right. I might have to bring up next week. Uh, from the Slim Kives, because oh, you just cause you just read because uh, you just read my massive uh, book, and you read my Captain Marvel. So I'm going into the Slim Kives. That's like two weeks ago. I read that, right? Yeah, wasn't that? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm still good. Heaven's yeah, ladder. Like cancel each other out right now. Flex. I'm glad I read it. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad. No, I'm not. I'm glad I can. I'm glad I crossed it off my bucket list. Yeah. That's all I'm glad. Just don't have to associate with people that like it. I I know I can cut them off for life, and I won't feel sorry about it. Good heavens. Flex Mentallo. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. That was me on piano when we recorded that. That was, be- that was, a, it was, it was beautiful. It was a great night, though. I uh, was uh, busting the ivory. Uh, is there a piano like saying that I could use there? I don't Tickling know. the ivories. Sure. That's what I was doing. We got letters. Letters at paperkeg.com. We want to hear from you. We may read them live on the show. I don't, I don't know if I want to set the stage right now. Do it. Dale just kicked off his slippers, everybody. <laughs> He it, means it was epic. Bidness with a D. It's real. What do we got? You guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. First one up is a uh, related to the Paper Keg Meetup. Had a great time at Barcade. Enjoyed talking comics, beer, and life. Signed a hipster. Sent from my iPad, Charles. Charles. Is that dog teeth? That's at dog teeth on Twitter. He came oh, out. He's a nice guy. Yeah, that he's dog cool. teeth. It's, uh, we're, I'm glad he came out. Me and dog teeth. We bonded over a couple of brews. Yeah, you guys were talking paper keg dirt. Air yeah. quotes. Oh, yeah. I, fed, like, I fed him some, uh, uh, some fake dirt. You gave him enough to, to go on for months, were I you, know. Were you talking about the mystery, mystery project? Yes, I was talking about the mystery project. I know. I'm not even sure what you're referencing. Are you trolling me right now? Yeah. <laughs> trolling myself. Good heavens. <laughs> trolling myself. Uh, next up, hey guys, with the increase in digital readership, a lot of questions are being posted about if comics need a certain format, number of pages, cost, etc. Yeah. One thing that crossed my mind is that with digital formats such as Marvel Infinite or using the guided view on Comixology, the panel becomes the page. The panel becomes the page. There has been talk before <laughs> about losing the layout of a page when viewing in guided view and what that means to the reading experience. However, my question is, does this new full screen style lessen the impact of the splash page and double page page spreads? If we gravitate towards a style of viewing where every panel is full screen as something lost, we all know how impactful those pages can be. What are your thoughts? At Panooch. Panooch. Mark is now the only paper keg member I have yet to meet. Maybe the next tweet up. 
Probably not Panooch, I got Unlikely. Digital comics. There you go. So thoughts, gentlemen. Uh I, I don't I uh think there's still a lot to be experimented with with like the full page guided view. Uh Infinite has done the most so far. Powerplay did it with like the fade ins and transitions and Infinite is doing like those full page but also like half page and then they transition to the next page. Mm-hmm. I like that stuff. I wish more companies experimented with that stuff and who knows, maybe there will be in the future. I, yeah, I think the uh, the the impact is going to be in a different way. You're not going to experience the double page spread the same, but you're going to feel the same impact just in a different way. I yeah. think. I, I don't think it limits writers uh, if that's kind of what he's going for. Like, do you think? I don't think enough comic book writers write for a splash page, as you would think. And I also think maybe a workaround for digitally might be if you want to include a splash page, is to have a pause and then go quickly in the landscape mode before the picture renders. Or have something that, like a little indicator that says turn to landscape so you can see the splash page. I, I don't know if that would derail the viewing experience enough to not make it worth it. Or I don't, I don't like now, since I only read on the iPad, really, the splash page is kind of just odd. Like, I don't, it does, they don't make sense to me anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, you know, either way, I don't know. Let's get rid of them forever. I like the splash pages in my print comics still, but like I said, uh, you know, it's, you know, in the, the... Keep them in your flex mentalo comics. Terrible. <laughs> Chelsea's just yawning over there. <laughs> <laughs> flex mentalo took all my brain power. Dark Knight Rises talk coming later. I know y'all said you, you all... I, I gotta back that up. I know y'all have said y'all aren't going to do, ask for money or whatever from the listeners, but yeah, have y'all thought about doing a paper cake T-shirt? I would wear the f out of that thing. Seriously, do it. Take care. At Ramsden on the Twitter, I'd buy two sent for my iPhone. Ramsden. I I think it would be great if we, if not for money, but offered a shirt with different fiends to covers, and then maybe help that guy out a little. I don't bit. know how the. I would love to do it, but I don't know if they would come out on a T-shirt. Mark's T-shirt Saturday was iffy, and the only <laughs> redeeming quality was that great cover of him fighting Rocky from like oh, episode two or three. Amazing, amazing cover. The problem was the uh, well, we we could ha- we would have to pick one because you'd have to yeah. do a minimum batch of like I don't know twenty shirts, twelve shirts, something like that. Uh, I don't know. Like it's something we always kind of joked about, but. I don't know, like with Nerdcast. What design will we choose? The Nerdcast design was, I like that. It landed itself well to a t-shirt. Yeah, that uh, the one J-Man uh-huh. made. Yeah. And the OCP one. There's some pretty uh, neat standard designs out there, like pans of views and stuff. Like maybe put the, instead of having like our name on it, just have like on the front area, just like the four uh, catcher doodles of our heads mm. on a shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be That'd be kind of cute, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's uh, but what you mean with Nerdcast? I mean, you make a T-shirt. It's like the kiss of death, pretty much. For the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You make you start giving it away is. T-shirts. We have f- four episodes. That left. was towards the end of the Nerdcast. It was it like was. episode forty-eight of fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that took so long to finally get the T-shirts made. You know, it was a one-man show getting those T-shirts done. Stuff, stuff, business. I mean, you know, keep an eye out. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I just wouldn't feel right. 
selling anything. I mean, I don't know. That's not Maybe really, give them away. I think we all have an understanding here that for profit isn't really what this show is about for us. Yeah, it's just for the for the, for no, the good people. Yeah, I mean, no Audible ads. Thank God. Exactly. We signed a contract with, in, in blood. With each other. With, that said no Audible. That's right. Audible podcast. I just enjoy the fact that people don't have to scroll 10 minutes into our show and miss stuff so they can skip all the uh, the plugs. What the what the F-pod? Yeah. We talk, and I don't, uh, I've never hit, recently. I've never hit uh, the fast forward button on what the what the F-pod so fast that I think my iPhone was going to blow up. <laughs> It starts heating up. The first ten minutes of that, I think I've never listened to. It's uh, terrible. Comicsology sponsors the Nerdcast, so I can't. You the Nerdist. 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 Oh, geez, that's some tight. That's some uh, weird. Then I, going then on I have no com- further comment. <laughs> no, I have further. No did you further do the comment. commercial for it? No, I, I did not. I actually, don't even know what it, what it sounded like. We gave away uh, two free codes. Remember, I had you test them one day. Oh yeah. What right. books? It was X Sanction number one and uh, big, was it Big Time? First issue of Big Time, maybe. I don't know. You just gave me a code and it didn't work anyway, so <laughs> I never <laughs> found out what it was. We'll try it again someday soon. Well, Jonesy's leaving for the rest of the show. Jonesy, <laughs> he can't hold it for another five minutes. He's got to go pee right now. Jonesy is literally pulling his pants off, walking to the bathroom. It's the end of the show. That's the end of Paper Cake Forever. Jonesy just wants to go poo. Do we have any other letters? Uh, yeah, we got some. Let's save them for next week. We got a big one from at Fiendsta that oh, I'll just we'll read save, during the. We'll uh, save for the for the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. All right. What a show! Good show. I uh, I don't know how I felt about it. I'm be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. Jonesy's just left. I mean, Jonesy. Jonesy has the bowel of a 90 year old, mo- you know, woman. I just heard a flush right now. Did you hear? I hope, I hope that got on. <laughs> I hope we got the flush on the recording. Uh, what a show. Good show. Jonesy, you're not near microphones, so stop talking, if possible. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been downloading the show. Every week, we're setting records, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, we really, I mean, the Paper Keg meetup was like a super, was like the super reason, like, that is a little cross-section of the bigger picture and it was just so successful we had so much fun we have so much fun because you guys download the show and stuff i mean thank yeah. you thank it's you so it's much. been it's been fun has been fun. maybe it will continue to be fun never know probably not <laughs> uh next week mark gonna be here next week no Rebuttal. What was your book club? Your uh, lighting round. The Shade. Fraser Irving. As soon as I said his name, you I almost, lost it. I almost jumped, left off this you sofa. Almost lost your mind. Strangled you with my shoe. What's wrong with Fraser Irving? I don't know. I just don't like his vibe on the shit. Like it's, 
I got a 30 Days a Night vibe only because it's like really uh, stylized art except for the faces. He like took like real faces from the internet and like put them as like if you were the shade or the guy, the shade would have like a real almost photorealistic face but the rest of his body would be like really stylized like a temple smith not as not as crazy and wild as a temple smith but it's i don't know it's just really really odd and i don't want to see the book go out on the fraser irving art well what what other what other he did a batman for a while he he did did the yeah the uh, batman and robin i think where robin fought the joker damien hmm Really it was the art on was, that. It was great. I mean, maybe it's I'd like have to he, check that out, but I just definitely don't like the shade. I did hate his Batmobile design, though. The squat car with the red window shaped like a bat. Remember that from Batman and Robin? No. no? Are you sure that wasn't Quietly's design? Uh, maybe you're right. Because he started that maybe, series. No, maybe you're right. Maybe that was his Quietly's design. He just continued it. I will. Uh, I would. Gla- I will gladly check out some other of his art. And let you know if it's just the shade. Maybe he's just trying something for the shade, you know, because it's such a goofy book. You know, it's such an out there, different kind of book, maybe. Don't strangle me. I, I mean, why? There's there's a staring contest going Strangling on right now. With my mind. He thinks he's like so awesome with his Malcolm X glasses on and <laughs> nobody's buying it. Slim X. I love my glasses. I think that was my, that was the only uh, was rebuttal. Your rebuttal. Denzel Washington Slim. What was your book club? Uh, was the Made of Wood issues by uh, Ed Brubes. Oh, yours is Captain Marvel. How'd you like the uh, the art? Not my favorite. Did, it, did you adapt? I did adapt. It had a very uh, Gabriel Del Otto vibe to it. Like yeah. Looser. I, yeah, I thought so. It was very, it was kind of a loose vibe, but the structure, like the bodies weren't, they were very like, filled in like mm-hmm. there was definitely a strict body shape and he just kind of played with the inside of the lines which really, was really cool really wish the Dodsons were drawing this book uh, like avenging yeah mm-hmm. what are they doing these the defenders <laughs> yeah <laughs> waste of a so, book oh okay so it's just the book that you don't like not the it's uh, true it's not good we all read get, that first issue right get tweeted like a mother tomorrow I think Don Garvey likes that book Every like everybody had a tweet guy, up except for you like liked it. You know, why, he, Don Garvey, why don't you just take your $4 out and just burn it instead of going to the comic <laughs> shop with it? About that. We should just call this the Fireside Troll with Slim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I have anything else to say for this Fireside. Is that uh-huh. it? Oh, I, uh, Is that everything we have? I just want to break up the news that I dropped <laughs> to you in the car. I do. Uh, before we... Uh, the other thing that we thought of <laughs> That I just ruined. Right. Uh, <laughs> the next uh, Rocksteady uh, Batman game? Oh, yeah. You told me that they're doing... Justice League prequel. It'll be... The next game will be his first encounter with the Joker featuring heavy guest stars from the uh, JL. You heard about this? Is that Lego Batman or is that Arkham City Batman? He says Arkham City. Arkham so City I'm Batman. I'm going to lean towards your... <laughs> no. No. I mean, I know I'm usually 99 to 105% wrong. But uh, I think I'm right, and I'm I'm not excited for that. I guess I don't know. I have I. I sound like I don't have a TV and I don't eat meat, but I don't have time to play that kind of game anymore. You hippie punk! 
And I realize I sound like a big D-bag I can it. only really do uh, connect games I play, where I clap I play NHL. I can play NHL in 15-minute increments and just shut it off. And then That's break it. controller. That's all I need. <laughs> break it. <laughs> and then get somebody private message you on Xbox and call you a D-bag. And you ask. You could lose a game clean and the person will insult you in NHL. <laughs> Like I, they could beat me one nothing or three nothing, they would call me a, a you know a effing f. You know, sounds sick. like um, sounds like a great time. <laughs> or I could win, and like it'd be a great clean game. You know, Close. I don't I don't make them watch the replays of the goals. You know, because that's that's the worst move you can do. You score a goal and you make them watch the replay. <laughs> that's just like t- sticking it with a knife and turning it. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Arkham. That's it. Year one. Go. Okay. I guess there is nothing left. No. No, there's a... We can't do it anymore. It's, All right. It's, it's gone. No? So which, do you want to do the other thing then? The yeah. Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, let's get into it. Thanks for screwing up the bit, Jonesy. Um, Dark Knight Rises. We all saw it this weekend. I did. Um, I don't know. Out with it. I wept at the end. I did too. Cried like a little baby. That... Two minute Michael sequence. Michael Caine's little upset mouth. Really crying. <laughs> okay. Do we want to start from the beginning? He cried, or during, or the whole, to he the cried during the whole movie, Michael Caine. I couldn't take it anymore. It was actually this oh. tap with a Michael Caine mask. I can't remember why. I didn't like the beginning all that much because I felt like they force fed, like, um, I can't, they, they did like quick snippets to explain to you what was happening. Whether it be like Harvey Dent was the saint still or. I felt like they just like hammered home as if you had never seen Dark Knight, the second movie. It was, it was, uh, I don't know how much I missed. I missed, I oh, walked in, right. I walked into my theater at 7.56 for an eight o'clock showing and the movie was already playing when I walked in there. That's so crazy. I would That's have, crazy. no I idea. I would have went for a refund. You, <laughs> that means you missed 15 to 20 minutes of previews. Yeah, exactly. What theater starts that early? I thought it was like the 20. You know how they have the 20? Uh, that thing's yeah. awful. I thought it was like a snippet of Batman on the 20, and I saw Bane <laughs> up in an airplane. <laughs> and and then we're like, so we're standing there before we sit down, and we're like, is this, is this happening right now? Like, so we just like, all right, well, let's pick a seat. Let's go run and pick a seat. You, that means you missed the preview for Elementary, the American version of Sherlock. Oh boy! It looks oh like boy. garbage. Poor Johnny Lee Miller, man. He just can't get a steady gig. It's just like it's canceled already. Any you can TV tell. show, and then I, I remember it reminded me of other previews for TV shows I saw. It's just neurotic blank, and that's your 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 character, neurotic lawyer, your ne- neurotic <laughs> surgeon. Right. Now you have neurotic detective, neurotic hacker. It's yeah. Really cool. Oh my god! It looks and Lucy Liu plays Watson. <laughs> he just had heart, two simultaneous heart attacks. What? I immediately went to frown face. <laughs> um, uh, back to yeah, Dark Knight. I will say the female character Tate. Um, I remember hearing spoilers. There was a headline like months ago on Bleeding Cold that says uh, T- uh, Talia cast, and I totally forgot about that while I was watching the movie. But she had a line in the beginning where she mentions specifically restoring the balance. Yeah. To Gotham. And like I had just watched Batman Begins like seventy two hours earlier in my head, I'm like, Oh she's the villain. Yeah. Like why would anyone wow. ever say that in this three movies in the third movie? I'm like, that's Talia right there. She's the villain. 
I I only thought something was up because they were they everybody was like forced they wanted them two to get together. Yeah, that was like, so weird. That was yeah. so weird. But I, so right then I was like, eh, I think there's something up with her. But I quickly forgot about her, and I like, you know. I had the faith that she was just a person. They had sex like the third time they had ever spoken to each other. Well, that, that there's. I mean, that's in the not previous odd, eight but years, in the movie to, was really odd. Well, they allude to the fact that after Bruce hangs up the cape and cow, he goes after this clean energy initiative and tries to have a life after Rachel's death and after Batman. And at some point in that eight-year period, he just closes down. Whether it's because he lost the money and the project was snubbed and he felt maybe that both his alternate lives had kind of run their course. He becomes a recluse is where we pick up eight years later. So in my mind, I thought that he had many experiences with Miranda, maybe not as lovers, but, you know, as close co-workers. And there was some kind of relationship there before. We just never got to see it, which is by the time we see it is so jarring because we don't have any idea who this woman is, which... Which just lends to the fact that I think this movie was never conceptualized until, or would have never happened conceptually if Heath uh, Ledger were still alive. It felt like two movies to me. I thought the first act was brilliant. I thought the third act was very well executed, but the second act lost it somewhere. Is that where he's in the the hell? Where yeah, where he goes to the prison and 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 Gotham kind of just collapses in on itself when i was watching it i remember how we all hated that like the first trailer like how it was so odd and even the second trailer i don't think we're that good but the the flow of the movie like how would you do a trailer for this movie anyway you couldn't yeah that's what i was i thought like there was no trailer ever that would ever make you give you a synopsis of what the heck this movie was about like this movie was so and I think it's a it's a great compliment, but it was so ambitious on what they yeah, it was epic. It was epic in scale, and I believe and I think they accomplished everything they went out to do, which is kind of crazy when you think about the scale of what they were out to do. But I think it, they executed upon it wonderfully. But there's no way you're sticking that in a trailer. And uh, contra- contrarian alien was wondering uh, like what spoilers you would give away, but the entire third act is, is a like huge spoiler. them taking over Gotham for months. And it essentially being quarantined out of America, like that's you, you don't gather that from any trailer or synopsis whatsoever. No, thankfully, nuclear because, bomb. Like, yeah. well, hello, remember Batman Begins? We're grounded in reality, and now the president <laughs> is in this movie. Like, and he's like, uh, "Sorry, Gotham." Yeah, that was like it's yeah. so. Well, they sent they they couldn't even dig up Sean Connery to uh, break back in. Like they had three <laughs> Secret Service agents the, the whole time. One was Franco from Rescue Me. Like we all knew that wasn't going to work out. Uh, um, the uh, the Blake character. Uh, oh, do Levitt, we want to talk about the Robin angle? The, uh, angle? the uh, <sighs> just <laughs> exhaled loudly. But this is what I alluded to last February. I when Gordon Levitt was cast, I said he was cast as Robin, and I remember McElhenley really laid into me for that tweet, and I tried to find that g damn tweet to rub it in everyone's face that I ever. I was wondering who you were talking about. That's what I. That's what I said. Well, it was the Robin we would only see from Nolan. Roland would never give us the traditional Robin, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of his promises was you would never see Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. So he's, he gave us a Rob he gave us a Robin. Yeah. He's an he, orphan. Yeah. His parents were killed. But he didn't give us, you know, the Robin the comic book fans. At would first I was annoyed with. like when they when he walked up to, at the end of the movie and she said something about his like his or like 
something about his adopted name. Yeah, he I, said, like, I grabbed my wife's leg. I was like, here we go. This is it. And I, was I afraid thought to pull she was it out. absolutely going to say Dick Grayson. So was I. Yeah. And then I was like annoyed that they said Robin, but even she was like, you know, the people watching this movie, if they said Dick Grayson, they wouldn't have gotten it. Right. Like they had to just say Robin. I, was, and then 99% of the viewers would have gotten it. I, don't, yeah. I think there's a huge group of people out there that are not Batman readers that love Nolan's universe and only know that as their Batman. I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely mm-hmm. the truth. So when you like for I think this is my analysis of the people that don't like this film like it because they've probably been reading Batman their whole lives and this is not really the Batman film that's made for them because and, it's got sort of an ending. Right. And the exactly exactly my point. I uh, I texted you the morning after we both saw it mm-hmm. to say that with my head I know that Justin uh Justin Love Hewitt is going to die in 10 minutes. Who? Uh, what's his name? Jor- Jordan Joseph, Love. He- Joseph Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt. Robin Drake. Robin Blake. Robin Blake. Is going to die in 10 minutes after he puts that Batman suit on. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. were. Because I, he has zero training. He tried to bring that up in the car. And, and, I saw, and you I refused was, to respond. I thought it was cool. I think I maybe said that much. And you're like, he was like ready to no, knock no, no, no. me out. You're like, it, no, the second he has no training, <laughs> he can't be Batman. There's no way. Now it's look, not hang possible. On, hang on. So let me finish my thought, troll. I do think giving Bruce Wayne a happy ending is makes my heart glad because I know I'll never see it in the comics. So I, I approve. I think that whole Batman could be anyone theme that they've had throughout all three movies is great. And I think that beat where the the vault rises out of the river in the Batcave, the Dark Knight Rises, was great because that just makes me think of that punch that Batman Begins had. I loved it. It, it, This movie universe came full circle, and I did enjoy that that five-minute ending montage was brilliant. So are you going to get to the comment that you made about uh, Jason Gordon Hewitt, or was that just in it? What was the... Now, you see, went now, into that speech totally, to defend yourself that's about That's because you totally trolled me and got me off <laughs> you topic. You just trolled yourself out of responding. Uh, I do... But was it just about zero training? He's, yeah, it was zero no, training. No, no, he no. said he was going to be killed like in the Batcave. He was going to die. Yeah, that was my chagrin. I'm not in the Batcave, but I just think once he leaves to go out and fight Crime of Gotham with the Bat Gizmos, like, he doesn't have this seven years traveling jujitsu training. How about every nerd on the planet saying Catwoman is going to be so lame in this movie? I thought and it was she like was the great in this she part was so of this cool. movie. I like how they didn't call ever call her Catwoman. Uh, they called her Cat Burglar in the beginning in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. I loved her. I mean, her hair was just. I loved her hair. Like I wanted to rub my hands <laughs> through her hair. How, how great was it that they modernized the costume? But the only reason that she looked like a cat is because her eye. Uh, goggles when they flipped up yeah. look like cat ears. That was great. I, I thought that was amazing how that, they executed that. That's the Nolan touch right there. She was, yeah, the, that whole character was great in this movie. Like her thinking she couldn't be more than what she thought of herself. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Batman believing in her. Mm-hmm. Oh my, I'm going to start cheering up right now. And, and it was cool how like, you know, she had the whole this stance about, you know, she doesn't have anything the millionaires got a lot of it, spread the wealth around. But then when, you know, there's martial law in Gotham and she's like rummaging through this apartment with her, 
lesbo drug friend mm-hmm. and like she's staring at the broken picture and mm-hmm. she's like oh who, who used to live here somebody and she, Catwoman's like there's this a family's home yeah this yeah. Is a family used to live here this is somebody's home now, so she kind of like felt for him like mm-hmm. a lot of I know a lot of people were up in arms about the Catwoman Batman love story because there really wasn't much of one but it makes sense to me in this when Batman's about to hop into the bat and fly the bomb out, you know, they share a kiss, but she says to him a line like, you know, we could go anywhere and be anything. Let's just go. Like this is done. We don't need to keep doing this. And Batman obviously can't do that. He he's he's got the moral high ground, but he knows that maybe after he's done his work that he can go anywhere and do anything now. The Rachel part of his life is closed. And maybe this isn't the girl he's in love with, this this uh, Selena Kyle, I but hope so. hope he is. sees it as an opportunity to maybe go enjoy some of his life. So when we're in the cafe scene, and you know, Alfred sits down and, and you know, does his little nod, and then we get that quick scene where she turns her head and we know it's her, it's almost like that makes sense. They're not in love, they don't have this great love, but it's I'd Bruce's like way of starting over again. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what I, I think I like because especially that Bruce Wayne himself he would never in the comics he would never walk away from being batman i don't right. think but it was so it was cool how bruce wayne did i mean he took this opportunity said you know what because they now that you think about it, they hammered home so much in the third movie that the bat is just a symbol like he said that in the batman begins but it was never really touched upon i don't think in dark knight mm-hmm. in dark knight rises he's like telling everybody first he's like squirming in his pants to tell everybody he's bruce wayne and then he's like i wanted the bat to be a symbol but I never, I, I don't remember them ever saying the word Batman so many times that in this movie, like it's a drink, <laughs> yeah. total drinking game. You watch this movie, bring alcohol with you for every time they say the Batman, yeah, and it's like a, it's like a joke. It's like an inside joke in the screenwriter's room. Uh, the the Alfred scene, he needs to get an Oscar for the the scene where he the second time he's in Florence, and he sits down like. I was I just immediately How? I started crying immediately when he sat down at that table because I knew it was going to happen. But when he looks up and the camera, I thought they were going to trick the viewer like they did in Inception. I thought they weren't going to show you what he saw, just his reaction oh, because his reaction was so long. Like where he looked up and he nodded at who he saw and yeah. he was like grinning. I'm like I just started like but he, I, but I he lost nodded, it. He nodded with tears in his eyes. Yeah, you could see he was like visibly shaking, but he was like trying to keep it together. Yeah, I I, I just. That was great acting because that, to, I mean to Oscar conjure like that, that one to conjure scene, that facial expression while he's trying to all, I don't know how he does it all the emotions of you know the this boy I've looked after in a manhood is alive and I thought he was dead the emotion of I thought this relationship was irreparable and all of a sudden it's okay again mm-hmm. like all this stuff that like you can't ever emote in a couple sentences but you can do with that teary eyed look it was just the scene where he does the line about the jacket to Gordon when he asks he's like I never cared who you are and uh, Bruce or Batman tells him you know you never what was you you kind of had it it almost right you know uh, he says don't you care don't you want people to know who you are and and what you mean and he's like "I'm, I'm a citizen like anybody else I'm a young boy who somebody could put his coat around and tell and make, him that the world's going to be yeah, okay. Make, again. make all the difference or something like that. And then like, yeah. I, that was the that was the scene where I started getting the waterworks. Like as soon <laughs> as he says that line, I'm like, oh god, Bruce. Like because that Bruce. I mean that scene in that in that first movie where and they even show it, which I kind of don't like how they intersperse 
clips from the other movies. But that scene was I one of my... F- I like that, though, because it's not like... It's the same director. It's the same yeah, actors. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I didn't like how Gordon said Bruce Wayne, question mark, when he was going up with the bat. I don't think, feel that was necessary, but I think we all kind of got it yeah. there. <laughs> like, we kind of knew that yeah. maybe... He didn't or, need to tell just, me that he figured it yeah, out. Yeah, like, you don't need to say that. Or maybe you just said Bruce, question mark. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I, can you just, I mean, you talk about Jim Gordon for a minute. Like, how B.A. is he? Like, even... Like, of course, the guy's going to have a... A gun in the hospital bed. He's the, he's a cop. Oh, he's yeah. a detective. When he's like, uh, clear, clear the uh, corners, check, rookie. Yeah, check the corners, rookie. But uh, I did like one of his best acted scenes in this film is when he calls Matthew Modine to the carpet. Oh yeah, when it, he comes to his like, house, he's like, "I'm not telling you walk down Main Street in your dress blues, but you know you swore an oath." You yeah, know, basically called him a chicken ass. And was, then Modine shows up in his dress blues. Yeah, I was talking to a uh, dog teeth and uh, Don Garvey today, and and a Goonie. And uh, it was just, it was like almost like a complete love letter to police too. Like how they were all standing together. I mean, I'm getting like chills now because like uh, they were all just marching up against the tumblers and that the the guy and the tumbler pops out the, uh, the turrets and stuff like that. And they were going to go to war. And I like how Batman was, it was like right there with them on the ground, battling it out, you know, looking for Bane at the time. It it was just great. And then, and then, uh, you know, obviously Matthew Modine, I didn't even realize uh, that was Matt Kildine until like you guys were talking about it. How really, sad just is that? now? He's like so old, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's got a little salted face now. He's a little old. Let's see what uh, my two, my biggest lament about this movie is. I'm really disappointing. I'm really disappointed that I didn't get the the movie they had really planned for because you're I know just, you're just alleging. Allegedly, you don't know. Alleg- okay, way to call me on it. But, uh, you know, I think the original purpose was Two-Face was supposed to be the villain in the third film. But because of uh, the untimely passing of Heath Ledger, they kind of... You mean the Joker. Man- the Joker, I'm sorry. They maneuvered the story to go back to the League of Shadows well, which is acceptable. Sure. But I think... There's I'm Jonesy, not sure. There's the Jonesy side drink. It is the Jonesy side. Please drink twice because it's about <laughs> Batman. Um, it does fit the theme of escalation, which was put out at the end of the first film. Uh, the Joker was escalation. Of course, now this no man's land scenario is the ultimate form of, of escalation. But I think I would have liked to see the story where Two-Face might have been the villain. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I haven't got a concrete thought about it yet. But Joker, you mean? You mean the Joker? No, okay. Two-Face. Harvey Two-Face. Because yeah. it kind of set him up to be Bruce's polar opposite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for the quote about the jacket, and I can't find it. The exact quote. I, I'm i still on the fence about Bane, too. I really like... I mean, uh, I thought he was pretty B.A. Tom Hardy brought it. Like, I, he, I just the, the technically, I like, I like how you could see his jaw moving when Bane was supposed to be talking. Like, it wasn't like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where you just see the masked face. The best line of the movie was delivered by Bane. And when they're having that quasi-cage fight in the sewers, oh, man. and Batman's like stumbling back and he like kind of throws a smoke bomb and he goes, uh, theatricality, effective on the uninitiated, but we're both not in, un- we're both initiated. And yeah. it comes down a piece of crap out of him. I'm like, oh, wow. What about the scene where he like punches just his real. face in? Like the Batman mask? It breaks the graphite oh, cow? Gosh. Oh, that was That was kind of and graphic. And the second best line was, I was wondering what's going to break first, your spirit or your body. Yeah. 
Your it spirit was, or your body. He had a, like I almost wanted the original voice to be the same. Like in the trailer, remember it was like more muffled, and then they like allegedly altered the voice so it was more understanding, Audible. understandable. Uh, the one thing I was cracking up at, where he, Catwoman and him are on the roof, and she leaves when he turns around, and he's like, <laughs> "So that's what that feels like." Yeah. And it's I was like, like "Tell my wife, like, why did, was why is, if he's alone, why is he doing the Batman voice to himself?" <laughs> 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 like it didn't make any sense to me. This that's great. So we all watched. Uh, I mean, I know I did it before the film. I watched Batman Begins and Dark Knight, and then watched them both again after I saw it. Wow. The voice in Batman Begins is totally plausible compared to how crazy it is in The Dark Knight. Oh, really? Gravely. And even crazier it is in The Dark Knight Rises. Like, that interrogation scene uh, between him and Flash and Batman Begins, total, just a gritty voice. Totally. He was young. Yeah. And then by the time Dark Knight Rises, like, the best example is when Catwoman's defending herself on the rooftop. And she's like, I'll kill him, I'll kill him. And Batman's like, they know. They just don't care. <laughs> like, it, like at this point, like he needs his cane back from the first act because he, right. he's like leaning against like one of the, like a, an air conditioner Pylons unit. With, yeah. And he's like, no, no guns. No, no guns. killing. <laughs> <laughs> like Batman just needs a break, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a, he, well, he, is, he has a bad back, you know? That was fun. That that scene with uh, Dangle from Reno Nine One One, when he's like, "You have no cartilage in your left knee." I've seen worse <laughs> cartilage. You, ha- you have your of all the head injuries. It was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, Feinsta had the best line of the night because we were talking about uh, when Alfred says that he um, he talked about the Rachel letter and was it right to tell Bruce? I mean, it worked for the story, but mm-hmm. you know, why let him languish in pain for eight years? And uh, Fiends' line was, her love for you is more real than the cartilage in your left knee. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was totally out of nowhere. Hilarious. I do have a, uh, seems I have a top five here in the, my letters. Slim, did you engage Fiendsta? I did engage. I wanted to hear his thoughts. Uh, number five, wasn't Christian Bale's bat voice ridiculous enough? That's it? That's number five? And then there's like a little sub 5A. <laughs> Bane Sean Connery meets flirty butler voice. <laughs> flirty butler. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Batman still on about Rachel Dawes eight years later. Hey, you know what? Wow. The women the love of his effect life. on you. So, yeah. Fiendsta? He was ready to hang it all up for her. I Jesus. mean, he was, there is no love in Canada. Just hockey and donuts. God, he's a relax. For a, oh, the cartilage in your knee is more real than your love for Oh, you. did he write yeah. that quote in the yeah. You blew it. Sorry. You spoiled it. I did. Three inconsistencies. What happened to his bad knee while rehabbing his back? Did it heal? Did he regrow? Cartilage? Yeah, that that that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe they let him keep his little super, uh, his super Lucius Fox brace. Yeah, his super brace. <laughs> nice to know him. that could change the lives of millions of Americans. With Batman keeps it to himself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Number two, uh, broke back Batman. <laughs> I just read that. Yeah. <laughs> Batman and Jim Gordon both spent the majority of the movie on their backs. Porn stars don't spend that much time on their backs. <laughs> Batman did lay down a lot in this film. <laughs> he had a broken back. I know. Poor, he had a, a, a vertebrae. You can't out tell of his me back. that you didn't like arch up out of your theater chair when he tried to move and started like feeling the back pain. Like I just like curled up. I'm like, oh my god, help me. Uh, who didn't know Bruce Wayne was Batman? What the f? 
is Joseph Love Hewitt supposed to do with the Batcave? Does he have the training from the League of Shadows, or is he going to uh, be Beat Cop Batman 2012? Fate is basically a creation of my own mind. He, well, yeah. this is probably a conversation you guys had for like nine hours it was. already. After my, the wife, movie. Uh, my wife was ready to leave the home when we <laughs> after our discussion. Probably because you probably had a half a keg in you each, too. Don't I mean, get me started on the Superman trailer. <laughs> oh, I did want to talk about that. Maybe we can talk about it next week. It's, we're, this is already a super fireside. Might as well keep going. Uh, it's an hour 16 after this list oh where we'll wrap it up. Right. There's a bunch of honorable mentions. I mean, that's... Uh, is it long? Can you power through some? Uh, what was the deal with Ra's al Ghul rejecting Bane from the League of Shadows because he was hideous after he saved his daughter? Uh, that wasn't the reason why he rejected him. No, he, he rejected he was just him because during his training, he was a monster. And he also didn't. He, he reminded Roz of the fact that Roz left the prison, right, mm-hmm. with with the mom. Yeah. But still, I mean, like, so it, I found it curious. Like, it, and Talia and Roz do have a relationship like that in the comics and and everything. But like. Talia goes from not forgiving her father to not forgiving Bruce. Yeah, to yeah, exacting revenge because well, did she say a line where like you stole my revenge from me or something like that? Um, if if she if I don't think he did. Like I could never forgive my father until after you killed him or something like that. And then I wanted to yeah, something weird. Yeah, something weird like that. Best uh, not to think about it. Who didn't know Miranda was Talia? Was the bat just a last minute addition to get some Avengers attention? Oh, the get bat. The, get the hell out of here. Yeah, they, they, they saw Avengers, and then they computer-generated the bat into the entire okay, production of that movie. Relax. Was it coincidence that Batman carries the nuke off to save the day, just like Iron Man and the Avengers? <laughs> Should I really hold the hold that against the movie because of bad timing? Yes. Jonesy added that hammering points Gordon, saying to Robin, you're a detective now. The cut shot of Matthew Modine getting gunned down by the tumbler. Was the shot of his mango corpse really necessary to show he was now dead? Oh, it, it, they didn't fairness, show him getting shot. They did. No, they didn't, they show, didn't him. show him getting shot. They showed guns going off. Yeah, and then they showed him like die, like falling on the ground, dying. But I thought it was tasteful because there was no gunshot wounds or anything. He was just kind of like he's just old, ugly Matthew Modine, dead. Yeah, poor guy. Does all the action have to be in slow mo, dramatic tense? I don't think it was slow mo. I think, um, I think that was an artistic stroke. Looking back, Bane. Too big and bulky to move. Bruce Wayne too injured to move fast. So you know, like when Bruce was young in uh, the Dark Knight, he fought really fast. Am I right? This was this was the quick list you needed. Maybe not the one you deserved. <laughs> People I've heard are that killing joke. I've that heard joke. that joke like thirty times. I said yes, I did that on purpose. Uh, I think probably you did. Yeah, yeah. Because I I called him out on it earlier. The Dark Knight Rises. Great movie. Go check it out. I need a second viewing. So do I. To work it out in my head. We'll see everybody next week. Epic.